0: Welcome to another over-the-phone episode of the People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast with me, Stuart the Wildman, Mabot and my co-host, uh, William Mancolo, as always, Stuart. And uh, we cover lots of different issues. Some, when you're listening, they might resonate with you, and others, they may not. They may mean nothing. And some things resonate later. We found that ourselves, haven't we, William? Yes, and of
1: course, we've been listening back to a lot of recent, lot of past episodes, almost as classic episodes, and... Uh, you know, really challenging our own assumptions when we've been having conversations in the past about particular subjects. We know we're, we're really facing those questions again and seeing if we really agree with ourselves. It's almost, you know, mm. challenging those assumptions, right?
0: Yeah, and we're back on the phone again just for a bit of variety. I'm bored of seeing you. We're out of lockdown, sort of out of lockdown.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we, we can only spend a certain amount of time together, can't we, Stuart? So, um, yeah. you know, we try to keep our... We've always. In, you know, before socially distancing, we are probably, we're probably mm. trying
0: to socially distance ourselves anyway, weren't we? Pretty much. <laughs> anyway, I said at the top of this, some bits might resonate with you, the listeners, uh, but we're all on different parts of the journey. So rest in the knowledge is my, my view that we're all in this situation together. Uh, and the podcast is like a safe space to discuss and, dis- and consider the big environmental issues uh, in our own time. With the support of here, I think we're quite supportive of listeners, don't you, William?
1: We always leave room to for the for you, the listener, to sort of form your own um, opinions um, and just listen to. The, also, just listen to the conversation unfold. I mean, it says in our intro, doesn't it? Just listen to the conversation Ooh. unfold and and see if that changes your own opinion or if it forms new Ooh. new opinions
0: and maybe new information is is coming to you and you're maybe yeah. not aware of it previously. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast last night, William, that was saying that uh, we should allow everybody space to change their mind, and it's not about being right and wrong. And I thought, well, we've been talking about that ourselves, and I can't remember what the podcast was. Well, I, I listened to last night, but I think it's nice that other people are realising that.
1: Well, I think that's that's the way. You have to do it anyway you can't really coerce somebody into changing their mind they have to change their own mind you know we, we did talk yeah. about free will in a previous episode didn't we mm. so yeah.
0: there are coercions from different
1: places different parts of mm. your life but you have to make that choice yourself
0: on with the subject of today's podcast uh the you, question we've been set by a listener is by charlotte in jersey which is in the channel islands between um England and France and her question is we use a lot of warlike and combative narratives in the climate movement yeah. is that wise now I've been thinking about this and it does frustrate me especially in the world of cancer patients it's very warlike like the so-and-so's battling and so-and-so's fighting we we do use these combative narratives but is it wise William I would say for my own personal Point of view, no,
1: not really. I think it, the thing is, it it get, maybe it gets those those that like that sort of war, warlike and tribal because it becomes like a, almost like a tribal thing, doesn't it? That mm. you kind of you know that you, you align yourself with your tribe. You what you always try and do. So you but, but you only align yourself with a certain amount of people that like that sort of talking or like that sort of those that that sort of language when it yeah. actually needs to be a lot more inclusive. That, you know that mm. if, if you're if you go along more along the, line, the activist line it, that doesn't include everybody in that conversation and a lot of people mm. are
0: put off by it or or even actually angered by it right But is it a subconscious thing you say we're put off and we use it to engage but when you actually look at an awful lot of material in the in the newspapers or online, I'm not even sure we're aware that we're using warlike language so, well, ah. is it a case of stepping back then? You know, because I, I often,
1: I don't, I don't consume a lot of news myself. Um, I'm mm. very careful with the news I, I, I select to listen to, especially. Mm. Um, and you can start to pick apart the language that you're using and just get to the facts. That's one way you can look mm. at it. But the, I mean, so, go on. I was going to say that using this sort of warlike rhetoric in someone like in media, especially, is is a way of getting somebody to actually to sort of pay attention, to pick up the newspaper yeah, or to no, stay maybe. on. Maybe.
0: I do sometimes think it's habit though And we're not even aware of what we're writing Because yeah. I read through some random text the other day And there was the word fight, battle, enemy, attack Trenches, entrenched, strategy You know I, I, mean, do you I, think- I just I think we need to, need to expand our vocabulary Not is it good or is it wise I just think we need to say something else And not the same old stuff
1: or could it also be that we are in a situation still or in a time when we really are, we know a lot about, when you say the words in, in, entrenched and battling and that type of thing, mm. it, can, it, can like, it can harken back to the, the two, the two um, world wars in, mm. in, in the last century. And we're still actually, obviously, um, they still resonate in our day-to-day lives without us maybe even realising it you know that we mm. we have we, just recently celebrated the the 75th anniversary of VE Day for example so it's mm. it's not a long time ago so this sort of language is maybe still there especially prevalent in western societies because it's the 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 two world wars were such a big historical mm. event and they're still resonating now and maybe that's the reason why we yeah. still use them and the reason why they still stick right
0: but i think we need to actually consciously get past the uh, the the attacking language and start actually talking to 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 the other point of view and finding a common ground because we said in a previous episode again the common yeah. ground is where the truth is
1: yeah the common ground is you're bringing a lot of points of view together and you fight that's really where you do find the common ground of course there are you're not going to agree with absolutely everything that everybody that everybody else in the room says. Mm. Um, mm. but there are common grounds and there are. Th- I think that's mm. where you could, you're you talking more about uh, a democratic style language, aren't you? Mm. Really. Yeah,
0: and also uh, a language that actually is designed to progress things and not not uh, be, be right and wrong. You're the enemy, I'm here. You know. But I was, somebody, I was talking to somebody on the phone the other day uh, and uh, uh, sort of about this, this subject that Charlotte brought up and they're a very heavily disabled person who... Has appeared in the Paralympics, and uh, I said about you know that, about this warlike language, uh, and she was saying, well, yeah, but even the word inspiration gets on her tits a bit because she said I'm nobody's inspiration. I'm just trying. I'm just getting on with my own set of challenges, trying to win my own win my own race. So she she was actually saying it's great if she inspires somebody, but she doesn't want to be anybody's inspiration. She just wants to be acknowledged for just uh, getting on and she actually said to me which resonated in my mind that everybody's disabled to a point and when you actually look at that every we're all disabled in some way mm. it just you know it's just that just means we, we, we all have our own set of disabling challenges yes i thought yeah. that was interesting some just we're all some disabled are,
1: some are just more visible than to, you know if somebody's yeah.
0: in a wheelchair you can quite obviously see
1: that that's their disability mm. right but mm. if somebody might have a might just have a block in their mind that they're able or mm. not able to push through. That's a disability in yeah. itself, isn't it? Yeah. I was going to go back exactly. to this, Sorry go on. No, I was just saying exactly. <laughs> oh, you normally go off on a tangent, right? I was going to uh, say that well maybe you do. maybe oh, be, behave. Uh we um <laughs> you know, we're talking about this whole competitive and warlike rhetoric.
0: Mm.
1: Actually also if you if you continuously use this language, of course you maybe the reason why we we become so used to it is because you hear it all the time and it becomes less impactful. Mm. So you, mm. maybe we should only use this sort of language when it is desperate. And I mean, I'm not mm. sure that with the climate crisis, which we have at the moment, that is, you know, when you mm. hear um, the likes of um, Greta Thunberg and also Chris Packham or anybody who is mm. like uh, the big voice for this, they are using it. So that this is we are at war almost. This is this is we are mm. we do need to combat this. But that, it might be that, that they're continually using that language. You just get so mm. passe with it, don't you?
0: Yeah, I think language is a very powerful thing, especially if we are conscious of what we are saying. And we, I think we need to actually consciously look at what language we are using, how and why we are using it. Because it wasn't until this question was raised, I actually started to really look around me. And even some street signage is combative, you know? And, and yeah. it's a habit. <laughs> i give you an idea of how language can be a habit. It seems fashionable when I'm listening, walking down the street, overhearing conversations. There are two short statements I hear. Uh, And in probably five years' time, there'll be another set of short statements that are in fashion at the moment. Yes. And I don't don't actually say these because I don't want to be in fashion. (laughs) I very often hear somebody say, to be fair, you know... You're not being fair. You're just actually t- saying that to make yourself look conciliatory, and then get your opinion across. I keep hearing, "To be fair, he said this," you know. Uh, and the other one is, "Really, really?" You know, that's almost like a statement, standalone sentence in one word, "Really." You know, uh, and f- and words come in fashions, and I'm I'm suggesting I don't know about you, but I'm suggesting let's actually start a new fashion, start a new start, everybody thinking about. Let's actually not talk like Joe Blogs, who's in the queue next to us. Let's actually speak our own language.
1: Yeah, yeah, and come up with speak speak your own uh, speak in your own language. If that makes sense, yeah. you don't have to. You don't. It's, it's, do you think it's the idea? It's the idea of fitting in, I suppose, or it's the idea yeah. of maybe maybe also aping what somebody else has said.
0: Right? Um, like said, to, to be fair, be, that's to, probably what's going on. Damn. See, see, you <laughs> really you, you beat
1: me. You beat you beat me to it. I was so close to to be to be to be fair. You know.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I think we need to engage our brains. Really? Charlotte. Really? (laughs) So Charlotte from Jersey, you've opened a can of worms there. Every every uh, listener question does, but thanks very much, Charlotte. So I don't know whether it's a good or bad thing for the climate movement to be reliant on combative words, but I think the climate movement needs to lead the way in using more considered language. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, and and um, like going back to the whole thing of like you speak. And if you get a community together and get a more of a consensus between the whole group, rather than it being this this whole competitive thing, I think it. it mm. I it only work, I think it doesn't really. On the long in the long term, I don't think it works. Mm. That's my opinion, though. Right. <laughs> okay, we got a word, uh, a letter to get on with. Yeah. What is the letter then? What What's this all about, Stuart?
0: If nobody's heard T. about this before. Well, the letter is T. Yeah. And um, uh, periodically through these podcasts, especially during the lockdown, COVID lockdown, we were, William was picking a letter to focus your mind relating to photography. And I was picking the same letter with a different word that focus your mind on nature. And today's letter is T we got to T, so, yes. And originally, ca- this yep. idea originally came from the po- the workshops that we've
1: done together in the past. When it, when we could yep. meet people face to face, this is this would be we'd do yep. a whole workshop on A to Z, wouldn't we? That's the okay. idea.
0: So, do you want to go first on T? My my letter for T
1: is for photographic, net by nature, and I've gone for the word telescopic or telescope, but telescopic is probably the better word. And I picked this word because you know. Uh, amongst the the amongst the photographers that I've spoken to and you know people that have been talking about maybe changing their camera or maybe wanting to get a new lens, it's like they it, it's always the question always crops up is how big is your zoom? You know what you know what what zoom lens should I buy and that sort of thing and you know it's it's great to have a good zoom lens especially if you want to do some nature photography you can't get as close to it as you want to but I would always say that zoom lenses are all great, all very well and good. Um, but I think there's a great quote by an American photographer called Ernst Haas. I don't know his photography very well, but I know his quote very well. Uh, he did a lot of like 19, uh, 1950s photography in America. And uh, he, his quote was, the best zoom lens is your legs. So don't get too too bogged down in the lens you've got on your camera or the, whatever camera you've got or what equipment you've got. You know, really get your... Really get your creative mind thinking about how how you can move yourself rather than you you using the camera you've got to move, you know, to actually get what you want in shot. So yeah, T telescopic, and yeah, the best zoom lens is your legs.
0: So what what word is yours in left for the letter T, Stuart? Uh, okay, mine is for the letter T. In nature is try. Now it can be demoralising um, having our lives impacted on uh, with COVID nineteen, but just keep trying to get, get through by going out in walks in nature and try and find one thing in nature around you that you've never noticed before. So try, try and find something new. And with that, that brings us to the end of another episode of the People's Countryside Environmental Debate podcast, William. What's the email address? Backwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the ongoing joke, right? Yeah, I know, people are going to switch off. Anyway, the <laughs> email address, if you've got a question, is thepeoplescountryside at gmail.com. You know how to contact us on all the other yeah, platforms. We're all, so- we're all over social media, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we're all over. So uh, do you want to
1: sign out of this one? Yes, thanks very much for listening. And and once again, to thanks to Charlotte for her question today. That um, We hope you, we answered your question as
0: satisfactorily as possible and we're going to be doing another listener question in a few days.